Welcome to episode 58 of the Rutgers Scoutcast, the only Rutgers podcast out there doing it every week. I am your host, Sam Hellman. I'm also the publisher over at scarletreport.com. That's where you can find my stuff, interesting stuff this week in Rutgers country. That's the focus. We're going to be talking a lot about recruiting this episode. What's that? The, the guy that runs the Rutgers Scout site wants to talk about recruiting? Spoiler alert. So the focus this week is actually going to be kind of on out-of-state recruiting on the show. We've talked so much about New Jersey relationships, top players in New Jersey. I'm a little sick of it. I'm sure a lot of you guys are too. And Rutgers is doing well with a couple of out-of-state guys, and that's that's where the interviews come this week. My two guests on the program are defensive back Rashad Wild Goose Jr., out of Florida, Miami Northwestern High School, same school as Tim Brown. And then right after that, we're going to hear from Blaine Scott, a four-star offensive lineman. I'm going to talk a little bit about each of these guys before we transition into the interview segment. Yes, we are going to be previewing the Rutgers spring game, which if you're listening to this the day the show drops, it's Saturday, 5 o'clock, High Point Solution Stadium. Uh, we've gotten all of our big and rich jokes out of the way and all that kind of stuff, so we'll just talk a little bit about the game itself, or you know, we'll see how much of a game there really is. We're going to talk about that with Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan after our interview segments. So first up, you're going to hear from Rashad Wild Goose Jr. He committed to Rutgers the day before Easter, the night before Easter, while he was on an unofficial visit with his family, and I thought it would be great for you guys to get to know him a little bit. I know that his name kind of came out of nowhere for the casual Rutgers fan, Rutgers has been recruiting him, but Rutgers recruits a lot of kids, and when when you haven't visited campus recently or, or haven't dealt a lot with the staff, it's hard to take those recruitments too seriously, but once he got to campus, things heated up very quickly, and Rutgers picked up a commitment from this kid. So one thing to caution you about with the Rashad Wild Goose interview, look, he's a, a tr- traditional, classic Florida recruit in that when you ask him about his commitment status, he might not give you the exact answer you want as a Rutgers fan, and that's fine. It's one part of the interview. Don't overreact to it. Don't start tweeting at him that you're mad at him or whatever, because he is committed to Rutgers, and you're going to hear why in the interview. Now, after that, this interview, it was so interesting to me that I had had to put it on here. Blaine Scott, four-star offensive lineman out of a small town in Ohio. I think I'm going to butcher this, but Seattleville. Ohio, he he has Rutgers in his top five. Good job by Rutgers. Now, no, I'm not I'm not putting him on this to predict a commitment to Rutgers, but it was this kid's personality. It was so interesting. This is literally the first conversation that the two of us ever had on the phone. We exchanged texts and messages. Uh, I'm not a guy that likes to bother the high profile guys until it gets close to a decision or Rutgers is really, really contending. So I've, I've kept my distance on this one until recently because Rutgers is a serious contender. Do I think he's going to end up committing to Rutgers? I, I don't know. I, I think it's a possibility, especially after my conversation with him. But I, guess, I can't stress, this is, recruiting is awful. If you're, if you're a highly rated kid, recruiting can be torture because you have... This, uh, for example, with Blaine Scott, he has about 35 offers. 
So that's 30 coaches that he had to call and say no thanks before he cut down to five. Then he had to talk to all five of the coaches that made the cut. Um, and then guess what? Of those five, there's three to four media outlets from each school that probably want to interview him. You have that for every school. So you have four or five Duke reporters blowing up his phone. You have four or five Rutgers reporters blowing up his phone. The same goes for his other finals, Michigan State, Arkansas, Ole Miss. All these schools are blowing up his phone. But he was still nice enough to take a call from me and actually engage in a conversation. So many of these recruiting interviews are just, it's like pulling teeth and the recruits don't engage. And I don't blame them. I'm, I'm an old man. I'm 28. And these are 16, 17-year-old kids. They don't want to talk to me. But Blaine Scott actually had a conversation. So I thought that was cool enough to put on the show. So what you're going to hear now before Brian Doan joins the show, first, Rashad Wild Goose Jr., the only member of the Rutgers 2018 recruiting class, and then four-star offensive lineman Blaine Scott, who has Rutgers in his top five. Well, hey, Rashad, I guess first off, just congratulations. How does it feel to be able to make your college decision? Um, it feels great. Um, it feels great knowing that uh, I can make a decision this early and feel confident about it. What would you say makes you feel confident about it? Because, you know, you've had about a day to think about things now, and it sounds like you still feel really good about Rutgers. Everything really, like, made me confident about it. Um, like, the players, how they were, you know, no one forced anything. It didn't seem like it was forced. You know, Coach um, Baker showed a lot of love. Coach Ash, you know, very interested. Every, every, All the coaches were interested in me, and when I went, all all the coaches knew me, so I felt like they've talked about me before. Did you go into the weekend thinking you might commit, or is this a thing where just you're on campus and you're blown away, and and this is where you know you want to be? Um, it was a little bit of both. I I didn't know what to expect going on campus, but I kind of like figured that me and all the coaches had a great bond, so I was gonna commit soon. What was that moment like where, you know, you're sitting down with Coach Ash or whatever? Like, t- take me through that moment where you decided to commit and how did that feel and everything? Coach Baker, the, the corners coach, he already knew I was going to commit before I had a meet with Coach Ash. So, it was pretty much, um, you know, Coach Ash, Coach Ash knew, but he, he kind of didn't know, like, 100%. But we were just talking about how the visit went and everything. And then I called him. When I left the meeting, I actually didn't commit in the meeting. I called him like a few hours after we met and told him I want to commit. What was that feeling like? I mean, every every big time football player dreams of that day where they commit. What was it like for you? Uh, it was very exciting. You know, um, of course the media blows everything up, but just for me and my parents, it was very exciting. Well, you mentioned your parents. How do they feel about Rutgers and the way that the coaching staff's going to take care of you up there? My mom is very confident in, in Coach Coach Baker. She um she puts her trust in him to take care of me. What about the players? They have a couple of DBs from Florida. Um, they've got some really talented DBs. Like, did did you get along with the players and did you like what you saw from them in practice? Oh yeah, I got along with. Uh, I was spending time with Bless. Swan or Isaiah. Isaiah's from Florida, so he was me and him related kind of well. Black is cool too. You know, they're both cool dudes. Um, 
Then he, I, I see him in practice. I didn't get to kill him, but all like they're they're great. Coach Baker was telling me how he's teaching them new things and it it looks good. Like they look good. Their DBs look good. Were you you mentioned a lot of corners and Coach Baker? Are you going in there hoping to play cornerback, or do you see yourself playing safety? Uh, I'm going in playing cornerback. Cool. Tell me, tell me about what you do well as a corner. I mean, Rutgers is all about that press coverage, like being real competitive, physical. Is is that what you are as a corner? Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm very competitive. Um, I play with high energy. You know, I'm never like calm on the field. I'm mostly like hyped all the time. I'm very confident, so I feel like man, the man defense is where I could be, where I could play. Uh, how about getting to play for a coach like Coach Ash? I mean, he specializes in DBs. Uh, it feels great. You know, just the tradition. It's the DB tradition that feels great. They have a lot of great DBs that they've had in the past few years, and they have a lot of great DBs now, so it's a DB tradition. Uh, you you going from being from Miami Northwestern? Have you heard about Tim Brown, or has that name come up with you much? Do you know who he is? Oh yes, I know Tim Brown. Uh, actually, as soon as I got to the school, Coach uh, Baker asked me who was Tim Brown. So you do you know him, or you just heard of him? I'm curious. I just I went to school with Tim Brown. He's one of my favorite players that I've ever watched. I'm just curious if you know much about him, or if I've ever talked to him, or anything. Oh no, I've never spoke to Tim Brown directly. I don't, I don't know. Right, Craig Brown, the basketball player that played at Rutgers, I think I read you're related to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my cousin. Okay, cool. Has, has he, is he someone that you've reached out to or talked much about Rutgers with? Oh, yeah. He told, actually, before I went on the visit, he told me, he was like, Kept, great. he was like, you're going to love it. And he was like, it's going to be nice. And uh, he lived up to the hype. Florida, I mean, Florida football is hyper-competitive. Not that New Jersey football isn't, but... For people that don't know Florida football, how would you describe the mentality? Like, what is football like down there? Um, it's very tough and rugged. Um, you know, down here, um, guys with stars and, and all the offers, down here, you don't get any respect for that. You get your respect by actually playing and going, to, going out and showing you the best instead of just saying it. Down here, you know, mo- mostly you don't get your respect off of what you see on the internet. So you're not you're not a guy that cares about the stars and the offers. You just care about the football. Yeah, uh, I don't really care about the stars and offers. That that doesn't define a guy. I I mean, heck, look at Rutgers. The best DBs Rutgers has ever had. Most of them were like two star guys, and they're winning Super Bowls and stuff. You know. Yeah. Cool. I'm like I'm an underrated guy. To me, I mean, everyone else is. I feel like I'm number one player in the country, but yes. Well, how about that? Like, I mean, being underrated or whatever, like, is that something that you're bringing that to the college level to kind of prove yourself and tell tell all of us rankings people that we're wrong? Yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> I love it. Now that you're committed to Rutgers, like, what's next? Are you going to try and get back to campus soon? Are you going to still talk to other schools? Like, what is uh, what's next for you? Um, I wouldn't close my recruitment. My recruitment is still open. I'm just committed to Rutgers as of now. But, um, you know, my recruitment is still open. I can still be recruited. Stuff like that. I want to close it. Last question. What What about Rutgers? Do you, what, I guess what would you say is your favorite part about Rutgers? Like, when you think about this school, what do you really love? The best? Well, what amazed me when I got there was the health. 
the health center is like the in there like right behind the stadium. Yeah. That 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 facility is great. That's a good that was shocking. I think we'll be seeing a lot of you around the Hale Center the next couple of years if uh, if everything stays strong. So I I appreciate you giving me a call. I know it's crazy with Easter and you traveling and stuff, so I really appreciate you thinking of me. Thanks for having me. Blaine, first off, tell me what it was like to cut down to five schools. This thing's almost over for you, and there's probably a lot of emotions that go into saying yes or no to schools at this point. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously I ended up uh, with uh, 30-plus scholarship offers. And I, and I really built a relationship with at least one or two coaches from every school that offered me. So, you know, when I narrowed it down to 13, it, it wasn't as hard to tell people no because it just wasn't a good fit. But, you know, when I narrowed it down to five, there was a lot of coaches I had to call, you know, the, the past few days to tell them that that really hurt. You know, I, there was a lot of great coaches that I met that I would love to play for and suit up for, but, you know, it just wasn't working out. So it was a lot of emotions were running yesterday, but I was also happy to uh, finally narrow it down to hopefully find my my pick for my uh, best fit to. So I'm guessing you've cut down to these five schools. Have you made a decision and you're waiting to announce, or do you still have a lot of conversations and thinking before you really make this decision? Oh, I still have a lot of conversations. Everyone's got an equal shot at this point. And, uh, you know, I'm just still talking a lot, praying a lot, hoping, hoping for the best. For, for you being uh, such a highly touted recruit, how important was it for you to, you know, keep a level head and try to stay humble in the process instead of say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm highly ranked and that's all that matters. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, being from a very small town in southern Ohio, you know, there's not too many kids get the opportunity to do what I'm doing. And um, so, you know, I just like trying to be a role model for kids coming up, you know, to say, you know, this is something that you can do. And I just try to keep a level head. And, just, you know, the biggest thing is just going into my senior year, trying to help my team win a state championship. I'm just being a leader and role model on my team and then let the recruiting and everything take care of itself. So just staying humble and keeping level head and just doing my thing. I've been doing every day to help me get me where I'm at. I, I've only, you know, been talking to you for a little bit, but for someone that that's from a smaller town, like you said, how how challenging has it been to deal with what I'm sure has been a thousand phone calls and every fan base tweeting at you? Like, how tough has that been, and how have you how, how do you think you've grown up by dealing with that part of the process? So I got really lucky by uh, I had a teammate that actually went to Ohio State named Tyler Durham. He uh, was a highly recruited kid from my same school. And it was just coincidence that I was going there, too. So I kind of got to see him go through it first, and it really prepared me for what I was about to start. So whenever mine started, you know, I just, uh, the first few times fans and reporters and people reached out, I was a little nervous and didn't know what to say. But, you know, throughout the years of practice and everything, you know, it's just been just talking to everybody and trying to be myself and just uh, showing people like Scott is. So I've just really uh, just been doing myself and just making sure I, represent me and my school and my family in a good way. Jumping now into your, your top five, tell me quickly, you know, just a sentence or two about each of these schools that made the list. Why why are Rutgers, Michigan State, Duke, Arkansas, and Ole Miss the best options for you right now? So for Duke, you know, I love Coach Cutler and his staff and everything he's done at Duke. And just, uh, they're, they've been proven winners the past few years. At uh, Michigan State, um, Coach D'Antonio, 
you know, his record and what he's been doing there speaks for himself. And I have a buddy that's went there that has nothing but good things to say about him. Arkansas, I love the area. Fayetteville, I have several cousins that live down there. Coach Bellamy, Coach Anderson, the offensive line coach. You know, we get along real well. At uh, Ole Miss, Coach Freeze and company, they do it right. Uh, the academics there are great. It's the flagship of the South. And then uh, uh, Rutgers, of course. Uh, Coach Ash and Coach Blasek, we hit it off right off the bat and build a great relationship. And then, uh, you know, there's a big culture change going up there that uh, you know, is really improving uh, recruiting the university and the football as a whole. What do you see from Rutgers when you visit? Because the average guy will look at them on the internet and say, oh, Rutgers went 2-10 and, and and move on to the next school. But you seem very interested. Yeah, so um, like you said, a lot, of, a lot of kids will just look at their record and blow them off. But, you know, being up there and actually seeing it, I really do believe there's a big-time culture change going on up there. And, you know, that's one of the Kukash's things is you've got to change the culture before you can change the scheme. So just going up there and seeing the university, seeing how much love there is for fans up there. They went back to the football thing. They could, you know, it's going to be a process, and he knows that um, he's definitely doing it the right way up there. There's a lot of good things Rutgers fans have to look forward to. A lot of the recruits I talk to, especially people from Ohio, seem to really connect with Chris Ash, obviously, because he's from Ohio State, but also A.J. Blazek, the assistant head coach, offensive line coach, uh, tell me about your relationship with those two guys and, and what you think of them. Well, me and Coach Blas have been talking for a few years now. We really hit it off. We really respect and love each other as people. He's an awesome coach and mentor. And uh, he's, a, he's just a phenomenal person in dinner. And he's a heck of a coach, too. You know, a, lot of, a lot of people respect him and have love for him. Coach uh, Ash, you know, I didn't personally get to meet him up until uh, I actually got there a few weeks ago. And then, uh, you know, I talked to him on the phone um, so he's a very intense guy, knows what he wants out of his players, and, you know, he's going to go in there, and you, you're going to get his best every single day. Uh, you know, but he, he, he's sold on Rutgers, and he wants to he wants to change the culture and program. Blaine, I have two more questions. I don't want to take up too much of your time, because I know how stressful this hey, stuff is. you're fine. No problem at all. <laughs> I appreciate it. I really do. I look at all these schools, and it's, you know, different conferences, there's schools in different levels of success right now, but it seems like a common theme in all these schools is the academic opportunities. Um, how important is the academic part of uh, your decision? Oh, very important. You know, growing up, academics was always huge for, you know, my parents, and they was always very uh, strict on, you know, what I was doing and how I was doing, conducting my business in the classroom. So I maintain a full point of and, you know, I'm trying to win Valley Victoria being early and early. So, you know, academics has obviously been important throughout high school to me. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, the academics of all five of those places are, you know, very, 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 very good. Some, some maybe a little more than others, but they're all pretty prestigious universities. So when I was narrowing it down, academics played a big part in why I fought those five things. Do you know what you want to study? Have you thought about that yet? Yes, sir. Uh, you know, it's obviously a little early to tell for sure, but I, I want to go into either chemical engineering, chemical engineering or uh, pharmaceutical things. So. Wow. Oh, uh, Rutgers, the pharmaceutical is really good there. Johnson & Johnson is based there. Really? Is that right? Yeah, Johnson & Johnson's main office is actually on the Rutgers New Brunswick campus. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, one more question for you back to football. 
What what kind of offense do you see yourself playing in? Uh, you know, to be honest with you, that's actually that's actually a really good question. I've never been asked. <laughs> I'm good for one but, or two uh, of those. Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're, that was a really good. I've never been asked that. Um, but to be honest with you, I mean, I really haven't talked to too many coaches. I mean, I can see myself. To be honest with you, I'm just ready to put my finger in the dirt and just block somebody. But I mean, I, as far as blocking goes, I love stone speed blocking style. Um, which you know, for me and Chris Blanc have talked a lot about. Um, I can run pro style spread. I mean, really, I mean, really, it doesn't matter to me. I'm just ready to play some football. So here we are back to discuss the news this week, and I'm joined now by Scout National recruiting analyst Brian Known. Brian will be out on the road this weekend in my home state to watch the opening regionals. Some Rutgers targets will be participating, so keep an eye on updates. But, Brian, the theme of our interviews this week was kind of out-of-state recruiting, as you know. So we'll start there with Rashad Wild Goose and the commitment. What is your takeaway? I understand that they wanted to get a guy in. He's got one offer. I don't have an issue with it. It's early in the process. If he's number 25 in your class, that's great. He's got a lot of room for development, like I wrote about. He's got to get stronger. When you get stronger, can you get faster? Uh, It's an early commitment. It is a Florida commitment. (laughs) It is a South Florida commitment. So, you know, the old joke used to be, with Florida kids was when they commit to you, it just means they're interested. And a lot, you know, a lot of people think that that's the case for everybody now. Keep in mind, again, not very many kids decommit, less than 10%. Now, you're dealing with a kid from Miami who, logistically, it's a, it's a long distance. A lot of schools are going to be coming in to see him. They have spring practice, so all that jazz. But, I mean, I think as you look to rebuild the secondary, and again, you cannot rebuild a secondary that lost six kids when they got kicked off the team and arrested a few years ago. You cannot rebuild it overnight. It, you can't just bring in six because it means your depth will be ruined every four years. So you have to go along slowly. And I understand his value. They like long corners. Uh, he could probably play in the slot, jam a guy there because of his length. I just want to see him run better. But, you know, there's a long time between now and signing day, A, for him to get better, and B, for... Rutgers to continue to recruit him hard. Yeah, you continue to recruit him hard is the key because, look, you guys and girls heard it in my conversation with Wild Goose earlier in the show. I said, well, what does this mean for your recruitment? What's next? He goes, oh, well, my recruitment's still open, but I'm just committed to Rutgers. Hey, it's, it's, That's how it works now. Well, for some. I mean, I just for wrote Florida. a story on Ryan Betro, a D-tackle out of Massachusetts, who's going to try to visit Rutgers in the next few weeks, and he said, when I commit, I'm 100% committed. It's just how different people approach it, which is fine. Um, but I'll say this, and I've always said this, it's harder for a kid to decommit than to never commit. So Rutgers will at least have that with them, that he is committed and will be able to have that as some leverage. Talking out-of-state recruiting, you just mentioned – uh, the big kid from Massachusetts. I've written about Blaine Scott having Rutgers in the top five. We're starting to see some more out-of-state visitors. And look, if Jersey coaches want to keep playing this game and it's not going to work out in the state in certain areas, fine. Greg Schiano, when he turned the program around, which Chris Ash is you know, kind of trying to do the same thing, he did it with a lot of Florida kids. He did it with 
a lot of New York kids, and I don't see why Chris Ash shouldn't just go get the best players that fit what you want to do because, I mean, what else are you going to do? Are you going to sit here and wait and hope that that some DB from a Catholic school doesn't play you for an offer, or you just go get the kid in Florida that wants to be there? I agree, and it's a two-way street. You always hear... You know, right now there's a there's a receiver out there in New Jersey who has not been offered by Rutgers. It has some other offers. And every time I talk to coaches, why isn't Rutgers offered? Why isn't Rutgers offered? I can't believe they haven't offered. They have to offer. They have to offer. Well, I'll tell you what. If Rutgers offers, will the kid commit there? I don't think so. So be quiet. I mean, it's a two-way street. Everybody always wants to use Rutgers to get an offer. You know, Temple will not offer certain kids because once they get that temple offer, a bunch more will come in, and then you're going to have trouble there. So for me, I understand it, and if you don't want to play in your home state, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. There, there isn't. I mean, not everybody spends their whole life in one state. Yeah, I didn't commit to journalism in my own state. I, w- I moved to a different state for my, uh, right. my on-field journalism After career. I got my journalism degree, I went to several states. Including uh, California, I believe. I did. One day we'll talk about that. But the point is, there's good players. I mean, Ahmad Anderson is a really good player. Safety, corner, receiver out of Curtis High School in Staten Island. Zaheer Lacewell is a really good linebacker, safety prospect, Tottenville in Staten Island. It just so happens that those two players are two of the closest players to campus Rutgers is recruiting. And the idea is, get good players. I remember... When I first started covering Rutgers, Greg Schiano had just started making headway with getting kids in-state and building momentum. And it got to a point where prospects were legitimately ticked off that Rutgers didn't offer them because they actually would want to go to Rutgers. And just get back to that point. They don't ask how you got there. You know, you, you bring in 75 kids from Alaska and they win at Rutgers, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to sit there and go, oh, there's no New Jersey kids there. It just It's easier to recruit when the kids and the coaches and the handlers and the trainers all are, you know, want a kid to stay in state. It makes it easier to recruit a kid because they can get to campus so much more. But that's not how life works right now. Yeah, we say that, but look, it's still, it's still Chris Ash's job and Rutgers' job to do well recruiting in New Jersey. I yeah. mean... It's we're not making excuses, or at least I'm not for the issues that they've had in state so far. But it's just you know get kids that want to be there, and you have to convince kids in Jersey that that you can win at Rutgers, and that's not the easiest thing to say in the Big Ten East after a two and ten season. It, it's very difficult when Northern Illinois is pumping a hundred million dollars into a football complex, and Rutgers is raising two hundred thousand dollars. In 24 hours, and it's a great thing. And you can say, well, it's 400,000. Well, two guys matched it, so okay, 400, 200. But the point is, you know, I, I've listened to so many people say, well, we're not going to put our money up until this, until that. Okay, okay. Because I guarantee you, when Michigan was struggling with Brady Hoke, they weren't saying, well, we're not going to put our money up. They put their money up to get Jim Harbaugh in. Well, it was almost seven minutes before the first shot at Old Queens. Oh, no, there's a lot of... <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> old Shot at old queens. I mean, how else do you put it? Tell me what they've done well. 
t just just tell me what they've done well and I don't want some little spattering here they did this well in the big picture just tell me what they've done silence All right, so hopefully you have your noise-canceling headphones for Big and Rich, and you can listen to our preview during the concert. I still don't know what that is. I, you know what? I'm not convinced Chris, a Chris Ash knows what it is either. But after that is the spring game, and like we said last week... Sounds like a good donut shop. Big and Rich? Yeah. Don't you think? Uh, I bet you they have good Boston cream donuts there. I love Boston cream donuts. I'm a Krispy Kreme guy. Oh, I used to live by one. You know, I lived in L.A., and you used to go, and they'd be warm... And you could eat like a dozen. There's one. Uh, there's one in Alexandria, Virginia, that I may have been spotted at uh, about 20 minutes away from my high school. Was this one open? Because you have given people restaurants to go eat at that have been closed. I don't know what you're talking about. It doesn't sound familiar to me. <laughs> All right. So spring game, thud tempo spring game. One scholarship quarterback, probably about three receivers that are healthy. Again, thud tempo. <laughs> exactly. Like right? I'm, yeah. Here's here's what I'm gonna say. The it's not about the game. It's never about the game. It's about going to where you're a fan of the school or where you went to school and having a good time for a very low price. Go go to Easton Ave and get PJs or whatever your go to was and the best part of this spring game is the autographs at the end because if you don't want autographs you could still go on the field and hey oh look there's there's Henry Baker I'm going to go introduce myself that kind of stuff it's about it's just about having a good time True. and it's not going to happen you're not going to have a good time watching thud tempo practice and Deron Harmon coaching defensive backs I agree with everything you said, but to be honest, it's a spring game, so who really cares if they're tackling or not tackling? I always find it funny that when people go to practice or spring games and they watch a dude break off a 70-yard touchdown run and a DB, you know, a receiver hit a 60-yard touchdown pass and they all go crazy and cheer, and my reaction is always the same. Yeah, but your DB just got beat. Your linebacker just missed a tackle. You, you just filled the wrong gap defensively. So I always find it humorous to go watch things like this. Look, I don't think the average fan is going to sit there and check out how Damon Hayes is doing in his backpedal and how quick he is coming out of his break. And I don't you know, think 90% of reporters are going to pay attention to that either. 90%? <laughs> I don't know. Did you mean 99. How many will be there? Well, there's me. Okay. I'll pay attention. Okay, how many reporters will be there? Uh, I'll say maybe like... Maybe like 18. Okay, so right now we're at 95% right about there. That'll <laughs> yeah, pay one, what's one, one divided by 18? Yes. Yeah, so, um, anyway. To well, me, Garrett, Garrett will be there. One divided by 18. <laughs> Sorry, Garrett. Um, so you look at it and you say, what, what are we looking at? What do we want to see? You just want to see some athleticism. Check if they're popping coverages. See if they're staying on the guy close. Because you can play thud all you want. You're going to hand battle down the field check if Gio Rossino is throwing the ball in the right place are the reads right is he getting rid of it quick does he look slow um, that's what you're looking for in this stuff and it's exactly what you said you go and you have a good time you understand that you're going to be excited and look I understand that the donut shops having a big concert beforehand right, right. so enjoy that and then go relax for a little bit while warm-ups take place or whatever. 
because you're going to be excited to get in there. You're going to get in there, and after three series, you're going to look around and be like, man, is that it? You know, you, you, it's boring. What do you want me to tell you? But just go have some fun and, and see some people you haven't seen in a while and just enjoy the fact that this team should be better this coming up season than they were last season. And don't make too much of it. Don't get all crazy because you're going to be running base offense, base defense. Don't don't get crazy about things. Don't say this guy looked great, this guy did this. Because I guarantee you there's going to be some story that somebody writes about a walk-on who has as much chance of playing as Sam does. And they're going to write about how what a great spring game he had. And then I'm going to have to deal with training camp. Hey, this guy had a great spring game. Where is he now? And he's going to be like number 93 on the depth chart. Don't get crazy. Just go enjoy the day. Hope for nice weather. And have fun. My, my thing to watch is, I would say to watch those walk-ons, but for a different reason. See who's still there. When you see, well, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. When you see Prince Taylor playing with the ones, you know what that means? It means Bo Melton's coming into play early. When you see Max Anthony as the starting fullback, you know what that means? It means Brendan Devere is coming to play early. Watch the guys that those walk-ons, and if they have an impact, great. But keep in mind that those are spots that freshmen are coming in likely to take. I, I would also say. There's a few guys that have really gained some ground this spring. Watch them. Zach Vineski's a starter now. Good for him. We'll check him One out. One of my favorite. Golden Gloves champion. Ran by his high school in the Scranton Marathon. Uh, Dunder Mifflin High School, uh, is that it? No. Okay. You, I don't that, remember. You didn't get the reference? No, I didn't. Um, Sorry. But, yeah, so Zach Vineski has made some noise this spring. K.J. Gray's made some noise this spring. Those are the two off the top of my head that I'm watching. And then we'll see what they let Kamoko Ture do. I, I, I wouldn't let him take a what, rip. What's the over-under on Kamoko on them having to burn a timeout because Kamoko either went on the field or didn't go on the field? Well, that's that's something uh, that's an area for improvement. But <laughs> the other thing is Kamoko is going to, if again, I think he'll be pretty limited. But you put him out there and he's going to destroy whatever third-team tackle they match him up against. You're not even going to run a play because Kamoko is going to get past Manny Taylor so fast that what's the point of the play? Well, and that's the whole thing. And then everybody, oh, you look great in the spring game. Yeah, because all you're doing is getting up the field and there's no gap integrity. You know what's coming and who you're going against. But I'll say this, Sam, and I didn't think I'd say this for a second time this year already. Good point on just the walk-ons and that just means somebody's coming in to take their position um, that's a good. That's a good point. That you can look for that. That would be exciting. All right, welcome into the Rutgers Scoutcast mailbag, where our on-topic this week came from Twitter from BK Hawk. That's at Bronk Knight, and the question for the podcast is: How does Rutgers manage quarterback recruiting with so many offers out to different quarterbacks? Do you just take the first to commit? Or do you hold out for the top one or two left? That's actually a really good question. So kudos to you. Um, Sam knows how few times I'll acknowledge questions as being good. That's a good question, and here's why. You're right. You're going to go out and check out all these guys throw in late April and through May. And you have to be really careful because there is a clear pecking order. So what do you do? And a perfect example is, you know, they just had a kid on campus from St. Joe's Montville. The, the Patty kid. They also have a quarterback from California. 
who visited recently. Right, Ray Al Mitchell, who right. you read about uh, yes. recently. Rutgers and, is in his top five, deciding right. soon. And Nick Patty also, we, we read, you know, you read about him too. So who's the top pick there? And what if number two wants to commit now? So you have to be very careful, and what you do is you, you steer away from the conversation of committing with some of the quarterbacks, and you talk about how we really like you, but we want to make sure, so we're going to come see you throw, or you have to come to campus. Now, in the case of Rutgers this year, the key for the out-of-region guys is getting them to campus. That's why Real Mitchell is so important to get him on campus, because now he's seen it, he's ready to make his decision. But... Let's just say he wasn't the top choice and it was somebody else that they wanted. Rutgers would then have to accelerate its evaluation of another quarterback, see where that person is in terms of getting a commitment, and if that person wasn't close to getting a commitment, Rutgers really liked them, talk to them about, hey, we'll, we'll take two quarterbacks because we have no depth, so if this other kid commits, would you still consider us? And then you make your determinations from there. So it's a really good question because a lot of planning has to go into it. You have to plan it out and you have to know where your targets stand in terms of when they want to make decisions. Because if you, and the tricky part is if you want the guy, if you could get one, you know, maybe your third choice, but you turn him down because you think you're getting your first choice and then you don't get your first choice, you don't get your second choice. Well, now you may not get your third choice either. So it is very tricky. So, yeah, it's a good question. There, there's no easy answer, and that's that's why recruiting quarterbacks is such an interesting science. Yeah, you can't just take – you can't go take three of them. You, you take no. one. Yeah, because everyone telling me why didn't Rutgers sign a second quarterback last year because the second that the second quarterback commits, Jonathan Lewis leaves. That is without question true, and I don't think people realize that because there was some stuff written when a walk-on committed about, you know, he's going to have this real chance, you know, and all of a sudden I'm talking to people at St. Peter's Prep and they're like, is this kid really going to have an opportunity to play because that's not what they're hearing with Jonathan, And, and Jonathan was told all along he would be the only quarterback, and it's true, and he was, and everything was fine, but that's why you have to be careful with that stuff. All right, I'll throw in another problem just to sh- explain how absurd recruiting is at times. Let's say Rayal Mitchell wants to commit to Rutgers and Rutgers decides to take him in the first first month of May. I think it's like May 4th or something. Hypothetically, that happens. Well, what do you tell Nick Patty, who has about four teammates that Rutgers wants, and what do you tell Johnny Langan, who is from Bergen Catholic? Oh, sorry, we're taking this kid from California. You didn't decide fast enough. Sorry. Well, now these two schools, which have a bunch of other kids you want, are going to be like, well, why did Rutgers take this California kid instead of our guy? There's always drama, and there's always people getting offended. Because the bird Catholic kid's going to flip to BC? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But... Again, the point is, there's no. The, the answer to this question is that there's no easy. There's no easy answer. There's no way to do it. Yeah, it's really complex. You just do your best. Yeah, it's it's complex and it's 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 a fun complexness to it. All right, Brian. I think that you're hijacking the off-topic segment this week. So go ahead. I am Sam. I am, and and it's Sam. Uh, I am. Sam. I am, and it's interesting. You know, a lot of times we tape this at different locations, but one of the locations we tape it at, there's a Mexican restaurant that's nearby. And we call this the, we're recording right now from the tech corridor in uh, New Brunswick. Yes. And so for me, I love Mexican food. I think you do too. See. And I'm not talking about Taco Bell. I'm talking about Mexican food. There's a difference. 
So, I ask you, and I know you're a big fan of this, what is your favorite kind of salsa? (laughs) Seltzer? Salsa. (laughs) Uh, I'm a a salsa. Uh, That's tough. I'm the guy at Chipotle that gets all the salsas on it at the same time. We're talking Mexican restaurants. Right, but I'm explaining salsas. Okay, okay. Seltzer? Uh, You know what, just give me a good... If this counts, I would say pico de gallo is my favorite. That doesn't count. That doesn't count as a salsa. No, I, I mean that's just so Could, meat and potatoes. Well, you, I know you hate raw tomatoes. I do. I like ketchup though. Yeah, uh, I'll, uh, I don't have a favorite uh, salsa verde. Okay, it's funny because that's what mine is. I, I like a tomatillo salsa, which yeah. is really good. Um, something that's usually cool. I can handle fiery. I don't mind like a mango habanero, which I'll get every once in a while. But I think like a tomatillo is perfect for me. I'll put it on a burrito, a taco. Uh, I wish my wife enjoyed it more and I'd probably make some at home. But I knew what a big uh, salsa fan you were. We were talking off topic, you know, before we started recording this about your salsa affinities. And so I figured it would be a good off topic question. And if you make your own, I'll take some for free. Another Rutgers Scoutcast has been completed and is now ready to be deleted off of your listening devices. Thanks to everyone for tuning into the program as we really start to talk recruiting. I think there's going to be a lot of recruiting chatter over the next few episodes because, well, spring football is over. If there's anything specific about which you'd like to hear, you can contact me at Sam Hellman Scout on Twitter, Sam Hellman Scout on the Facebooks and sthelman at gmail.com. Like I mentioned, uh, the scout email addresses have faded away and rendered themselves obsolete because of our move to CBS. I'll have a new work email soon that you can contact me on, but the Gmail is just fine for now. Thanks to both of our recruits that joined the show this week. I will politely ask, although I don't expect everyone to listen, that you don't tweet them about it because it's a violation. But feel free to tweet Brian Doan about how wrong he is on everything. That would be great. I am the host of the Rutgers Scoutcast, Sam Hellman. Thanks for listening.